this week in car audio. Tune in, tune in, tune in, This week in car audio. Audio. Tune in, tune in, What we talking about, bass? Talking about chips? Talking about rings? You ain't got them, zip your lip. You got a problem you ever found? Check your grounds. This show about to start. Start. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the judge, Doug Stockton, and my co-host, the superstar, check him out in Vegas, living, the, living his best life, Mr. Jeffrey Fernandez. How's it going, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about uh, your event this weekend? It was a 3X event, and how did that go? Any world records and stuff, or what? <laughs> Couldn't back it up. Oh, Jeffrey, I am yeah. so sorry. I thought I turned you on. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I did swear to you. I Dude, uh, Peter says he can't hear him. Jeffrey, Jeffrey's talking away, all that stuff. I, I am so sorry, guys. All right. So, Jeffrey, go over the 3X again real quick. Sponsored <laughs> by Moses. I, I, I got to do it again. Yeah, entry. Um, go over okay. the entry part at least. That, that's super important. All right. Okay, so for those of you who don't have the ability to read lips, I guess, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll repeat myself. But um, so this past weekend, at a triple point event, um, there I, I wasn't prepared for the amount of competitors there. There was uh, uh, 63 entries, um, believe it or excellent. not. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. Um, it was at a, a first time location. Robert Gallegos from Gorilla Hertz. Actually, I think he works there. So mm -hmm. he asked his bosses if, hey, can I have an event here? And they said, yeah. And, um, you know, we had it. And they actually came by and said they totally uh, loved everything. And uh, we're going to be back there uh, pretty soon, hopefully. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, world records uh, being set there. There was one world record that um, was broken. Uh, it was broken by uh, Moses Martinez. He actually broke his old record. So does that mean he, he hit did, a 60? Uh, he did a 60, but uh, it was in a – I think it was freestyle. might have been freestyle. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I forgot the exact total. Uh, I had it up here. Uh, or the exact score he did. Actually, I can bring it up here. 
154.8 is the new record because he did that twice. In 5K he, wall. Yes, pro stock okay. wall 5K, yeah. Yep. And then this weekend yeah. I got coming up up in Northern California at Nyman's Shop. We are going to uh, be doing another 3X, once again, sponsored by Moses and Team Send It. And uh, it's going to be at Nyman's Shop, but it's also going to be a renewal of wedding vows for Jan Team Send It Janet and Team Send It uh, Sean Kent. So they're going to renew their vows. We're going to do our qualifying. Then at 8 p.m., we're going to stop and uh, stand in front of the microphone, and uh, they're going to renew their vows. I'm looking oh, forward to it. cool. Um, and the reason we're doing these 3X events, uh, Salise said we can – kind of hint at or mention <laughs> uh we've been kind of hinting at it for the last couple of weeks we aren't going to uh divulge all the information because mm -hmm. that is <laughs> rosa puts team space for base doug <laughs> um, <What? laughs> uh anyway um a look forward to a multiple locations um in similar areas where we've had locations for world finals before Oh, is that is that good? Not supposed to. What are we not supposed to tell? Well, I, I, not here. Not on here. <laughs> okay. Not you want to you want to come and ask me? Ask me at my show. I'll I'll, uh, I'll divulge more information at the show. So uh, make sure you slide into Doug's DMs for the, uh, for the information <laughs> there. I mean, for the, about the show. About the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't ask. Don't try and slide into my DMs. You ain't gonna like what you get back. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, one of the things about building a world record vehicle, you got to be able to build a speaker box. Um, Rosa says she's excited for that event coming up. Uh, I have no idea where it is. Uh, so apparently you told Rosa. Uh, yeah, Rosita. Yeah. I had um, to ask her how to pronounce the name of that city because I, I guess it's somewhere up. Well, I can't really say, but uh, yeah. it's it's in the Northern Cal here. area. Yes. <laughs> Northern Cal area. So, and, uh, she um, was able to tell me so. Yeah, so anyway, so if you're going to build a speaker box, uh, you got to start somewhere. you got to learn how to design speaker boxes because the uh, only way you're going to be successful and continue to get louder is to build a sh crap ton of boxes and see what works and what doesn't work inside your vehicle. Obviously, we've discussed test, test, test. But this, what's oh, going to yeah. get you on a good sound footing to get going is 100% is going to be how to design a box. At least you have something to start with. That brings us to our guest, uh, Carlos Ramirez. Um, why don't you tell us who you are, where you're at, um, why we got you on here, please, sir. Okay. My name is Carlos Ramirez. I've been in the industry since 1993. I've been self-employed since I was 19 years old. I now have two shops and 10 employees, and I've been building boxes since I was 19 years old. I'm now 47, so I have thousands of boxes under my belt. Um, I started using software early on because we all start with pen and paper, but as these power levels increase and as the enclosure become more complex, building an enclosure without software, as long as you're doing a sealed or simple vented, is easy. But once you start getting into first, second, third, fourth order, and passive mm -hmm. radiators. It becomes more complex, and you can do it with pen and paper, but the software just makes it so much faster. Mm -hmm. um, I've used all the box building softwares out there. Facebox Pro 6? Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. I still love that one. Um, the only issue with it is you have to be technically savvy to use it because all it produces is numbers. Yes. So you have to understand the numbers. Otherwise, that design, that box – and it doesn't give you – any information but except for curves for power and impedance and um, wind velocity through your uh, port port velocity. Exactly. So if you don't understand those numbers, that box design program doesn't do any good for you, right? Exactly, 100%. Then uh, that's exactly why I use uh, TermLab and TermPro yep. because not only does it have software where I can use my RTA and SPL meter all in one software, it also gives me the subwoofer enclosure design software, and they've just added a feature where I can output to my CNC. So after I draw it and design it and lay everything out, I can actually export the file and cut it on my CNC. Uh, the program maps it out so you waste the least amount of material, um, and then we'll run it on a piece of scrap first. 
so it's literally zero waste. I can model three, four, five different enclosures in a matter of minutes, see what's going to work, what's not going to work, and go from there. It saves so much time. It's so powerful and so easy to use. And, and, and like just, you said, two shops. And uh, I think pre previous to the show, you said you were putting out like 10 vehicles a week or something like that. Yep. So uh, Calvin, wow. your, uh, your, famous, your favorite stalker here, Jeffrey, says, uh, why is Jeff at a strip club? So unprofessional, Mr. Oh, Furry Nandez. No. Come on, <laughs> come on, Cal. I invited you up here. You didn't. Uh, you didn't want to come up. So, boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, just so everybody knows, we're not being sponsored by Term Lab and Term Pro for this at all. Uh, we just looked and tried to find a good, good quality, solid software program, and somebody that was good at it. And so that's why we brought this on. And also we know the bulk of our uh, listeners and whatnot already have the TermLab software as far as the, the meters. Um, so it's just a upgrade of whatever cost it is. And it's an additional software upgrade to make, um, uh, to get the box building program to work with the existing system you have. Now, does anybody have a vehicle they want to uh, send out this way? I, I prefer probably something out of here, Tristan. Uh, Tristan from Bridgetown Barbados says, Carlos, what's the next bike build? Uh, but let's first, uh, let's go over this first. Uh, Tristan, while he's talking about the bike build, uh, give us a vehicle that you would like to see, maybe some sizes, and then we'll just kind of build a box uh, to fit you or f fit what you're asking about. All right, so what's your next bike build while he's coming up with that? Uh, well, we're dead in the middle of our busy season now. So at this shop, we have 40 bikes. And at the other shop, we have like 20 bikes. Wow. So we probably have 10 that we're going to deliver this week. Um, the I'm actually testing the new DS18 carbon fiber mid-base drivers in a, in a bag. So a lot of people are saying that they're copies of the Euphoria Expert Carbon. So I was asked to test them side by side, head to head to see if they really are similar um they, they ended up being similar but they're it's not the same woofer there's <laughs> there's a bunch of differences and it's there's it's it's a long video and i like to i like to be honest I, i'm not sponsored by any company so when i do a test mm -hmm. the results are the results and first go around want to see how much power they can handle i blew both so they both <laughs> easily blew up there's a lot of smoke in the video so on the second round i dialed it back but um yeah, neither one of these 1,000-watt woofers like being hooked up to a 5,000-watt amplifier. Okay. Wow. <laughs> At 2,500 watts apiece, they didn't last too long. Yep. Uh, Calvin says uh, he tried to come up there, but Dana was catching on to you guys. Ah. So, I gotcha. Yeah. All right, maybe next time, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since Tristan ain't getting back to us quick enough, I'm trying to figure something out. So let's – um uh. I don't know. Just say we're going to do – why don't you just give us a, a, maybe something you already got kind of scheduled and then just go through the parts. Uh, go ahead and share your screen, and we'll uh, watch and see how you do this. So build right. something from scratch. Yeah, I want to see that. Uh, yep. Not too many uh, people uh, using the CNC machines and uh, stuff like that. So right. that's when you know it's next level. <laughs> All right, so this is the basic yeah, program. Go. Oh, here he goes. He put in there. Uh, he wants a box for 212s, 2000 uh, Honda Civic. Nice and easy. Okay. Oh, I should have given him a harder one. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of room in the trunk of a Honda Civic. <laughs> all right. So first, uh, when you're doing this, uh, you start with uh, the driver. Is that how you start mm -hmm. first? Yes. Um, I actually recommend doing a single 12. That okay. way we could do more work with the port okay. because 212s is not going to be a lot of airspace in the trunk of the Civic. So I say we do it for a single 12. Okay. So if somebody were to come ah, into your shop, you, you would you would downsell them instead of upsell them and say, hey, you know, you're going to be happier with a single 12 possibly in this install than a dual 12, right? That's the great part about this program because what I would do is I would bring them over the computer and I would model the enclosure mm -hmm. with two. As a matter of fact, we're going to do it. Okay. So we'll model it oh, with, okay. uh, I got the DC audio loaded up, so the M2 level 4. Okay. So, so it's a higher end. It's a, it's a mid to high end for them. 
Mm-hmm. So you click, you go to the database. <laughs> so go to B. So Calvin has a request: an 06 Armada 16 C7 12s in a six order, please. I'm thinking he's trying to. That's heavy duty. Yeah, I think he's trying to get a, a jump on somebody for his for his vehicle. Anyway, sorry about that, sir. Go ahead. All right, so go down and find your woofer. <sighs> that almost looks like the old school red lines, but you know they they had the red surround. I was a fan of those back in the day. I'm a, I might even have the guy who uh, RNS the S part of the RNS. I might have him on the show one of these days. He lives out here by me. Okay, so we've picked the woofer. If you look on the screen, mm -hmm. at the very bottom left-hand corner, you see the EVP. Okay. So in the middle, it'll tell you that the woofer likes a sealed or a vented enclosure. You can go either way. If the slider's all the way to the left, they recommend sealed. If it's all the way to the right, they recommend vented. Okay, so the, right the, the purple is sealed and the green yeah. is vented? Yes. Okay. This and one falls right in the middle, so we can go either way. So this might be a very good candidate for also a sixth order, or I mean a fourth order also then. Exactly. Okay. So now that we've selected the woofer, you go to enclosure design. So what you want to do first is tell it how many woofers. So we'll okay. do two woofers. Ah, okay. Then you tell it how much cubic feet you have available. So you can do it one of two ways. You can either go up to wood design and type in the size of the enclosure, or you can keep it on enclosure design and tell it how many cubic feet you have to work with. So most likely, so you say you have a Honda as the thing is, you're going to be limited to the space, right? Exactly. So so, so that one you would design. go to the uh, box size, right? Yep. And that's where you're at now? So that's wood design. That's the box size. Okay. You go to the little padlock and unlock it. Let's clear all this first. So hit clear. <laughs> go to box design. Uh, then you get to pick whether you want the box to be rectangular, sloped. And so obviously it's going to want to be sloped with the Honda, right? Exactly. You're going to follow the slope of the back seat to maximize as much volume as you could possibly get. Very good. Most Hondas we have at least 36 inches of width. So do you put in your max? Do you put in your max width and max height, and then let the yes. design do it, or it like because they yes. may, may might make it smaller, right? Exactly. Okay. So as you're moving along, it knows what the woofer wants to see. Okay. So once the nice part is when you have so you can adjust. So there's certain parameters you can adjust. You can't adjust the width. So once we typed in 36, we want to lock it because it cannot go to 37 or 38. Okay. And and, and then, for you guys, if you're watching on your phone or something and they're really small, those little yellow things just to the left of the numbers, those are locked. So you lock and unlock those. Go ahead. Okay. So now we have 36 locked in. We have a height of 15 locked in. And it fills up the remainder for us. So okay. it made wow. the depth number one and depth number two. So at the top, it's going to be 11 inches. At the bottom, it's going to be 19 inches. Mm -hmm. This gives us 3.3 cubic feet. Mm -hmm. Now, the nice part here is if you know what bracing you're going to use, you can add the bracing in, and it will automatically calculate the displacement of the oh, brace. Oh, really? So you see the top, the net cubic feet stayed the same, but our total cubic foot, so our net is 3.3. As we add 0.25 for bracing, our total is 3.9. So does and it lay out the bracing for you also or no? Yes, it does. Yes, oh, it does. okay. And we haven't added a port yet. Okay. So whenever you make changes at the top, it unlocks your parameters at the bottom. So you got to go back and put them in, make sure they didn't change. And Ooh. then it'll rerun the numbers again. So 36 and 15 are numbers that can't change. And it calculates the rest for us. Okay. So this is exactly why I wanted to go with one woofer instead of two. Because if we go back to enclosure design, this is our output. So the blue line is our SPL. And we have a nice flat response, mm -hmm. but it's not playing very low. Got you. So it's cutting off at about what? 
it here. Oops. Yeah, it's blocking the screen. Yeah. Oh, sorry. See that there we down go. There. <laughs> Actually, it's going down to our negative three point is about 30 hertz. That's not bad. Okay. So for so no. people that don't uh, know, when, you, when you're looking at uh, subwoofer design, you want to look at the negative three uh, number um, on both sides of the arc. Say you have a fourth order or a ported box, you're going to see a bump. You're looking at the negative three number from that bump, and that's going to give you really where your maximum playing uh, potential is with that box. And I'm glad you mentioned that because this is a simple vented box. Mm -hmm. We can easily go up here in the left-hand corner and see what these same woofers oh, would look that. like in a fourth order. Fourth. Okay. But your box would be freaking monstrous to be a fourth <laughs> order. <laughs> That's going to definitely change the size, so we go But to your normal. maximum values are still the same, right? They're yeah. locked, so. Yes. So there, there's that peak I was telling about. So then you go yeah. look for the negative three on both sides, and as you can see, uh, your bandwidth is very narrow with that, but it is creating much higher SPL. Yes. So, okay. So, uh, I want to go back to a regular vented enclosure. Now you see how quickly you can toggle through? Mm-hmm. Two clicks, and we're back to a vented enclosure. Now, if we switch this to one, go back to our 3.2 cubic feet. Uh-huh. So I have a quick question for you. So I don't use this program, right? So mm -hmm. can you um, track two different box designs on the same graph? Uh, no, it lets you do one at a time, but it does okay. let you save the image and print it, and you can toggle back and forth. Okay, hmm. okay. So every, every, I'm constantly taking screenshots, so as gotcha. I make changes, I'll take screenshots. Okay. So on the same amount of power, if I switch into one woofer, mm -hmm. now our negative three is 24 hertz. Oh, there you go. So that's uh, for somebody that wants to play low, like um, if you're if you're gonna play rap music or you know some of the country music nowadays. But if you're into like thrash metal and stuff like that, the two woofers might be the better way to go. Then, right? Exactly. Okay. So with with the program, you can make it one woofer. To, so we've modeled three different enclosures in the past ten minutes, and we haven't cut a <laughs> single piece of wood yet. Right. So we go back to wood design. Um, I do have a question too. So do you have a place in here for a uh, double baffle? Yes. Okay. Cause that's, that's like a necessity for me when I build a box. Yes, sir. You can, um, if there's certain stuff you like to do uh -huh. all the time, what it does is you can save those settings. If they're the settings you're going to use the most. Mm -hmm. uh, share your screen again. I want to, uh, Wayne was telling me about a feature on here. I want to see how that works too. Got it. So the feature he was telling me about is it, so it makes you a cut list. Not only does it make you a cut list, oh, right. but it maximizes a sheet of plywood also. It so does. it lays yeah. it out for you on a sheet of plywood. And which would speak to your using it on a CNC machine, right? Exactly. So could you, uh, um, yeah, can you show me uh, that? Let me pull that back up, please. So he's really, really having to buy. Yeah. Oh, go sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it really beats having to buy a sheet for every side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going to Home Depot in your yeah. 2000 Honda. At least then you can cut a couple of the sheets, you know, at the Home Depot, some, some, you know, precise numbers are, but they don't guarantee, <laughs> well, they guarantee to a quarter right. inch or something. <laughs> <Do they? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the best. Uh, Tristan says he's looking at getting this program. It's definitely worth it. This program pays for itself. Um, just, yeah. just in the, just in the material you save on building enclosure wrong, we'll pay for the program. All right, cool. So yeah, so we do. We have people that watch this uh, podcast from uh, Trinidad, uh, people that watch it from Bridge, uh, Barbados, which is Tristan and his wife. 
Um, then we also have people that watch it from New Zealand and uh, Australia, yeah, Australia and mm -hmm. Germany. I've seen on the thing uh, England. So we, we do have people watching from all over the world. And uh, so I'm sure this is it. Home Depot parking lot boxes. Ah, good times. Yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> Usually at World Finals or 3X. So let's see. So you got your box design there. You're messing with your parameters. Just trying to put together something there. Let's see. Yep. There's your. There's your not good bandwidth. But it's a box design. Oh, I, so I see it has the X, Y, and Z axis. So can you roll around it like in a CAD also? Yep. Okay. Uh, no, Mr. Wonderful checking in. Oh. <laughs> Christopher yeah, Ma Mayner. He's Mr. Wonderful, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> he, Cal really Ben's from the far, far land of SoCal. <laughs> So, yeah, so what about Mr. Wonderful? Uh, very, very good tuner. He helps us out at the shop. He's very, very good with tuning. Okay. So I see okay, red, so yellow, and green on there. What does that indicate? Yes. So this is a vent air velocity. velocity. So okay. And it changes depending on how much power you have applied. Right. So click here, and it'll switch it to a rectangle port. Then while you have your tuning frequency locked in and your airspace locked in, you could change the size of the port, and as you make the port larger and longer, it changes the vent air velocity. In a perfect world, you would want it in green. Right. I find yellow acceptable, so as long yep. as it's green or yellow. And then that's the other issue. This port is now longer than the enclosure. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's the port itself? Yeah. And this okay. is for two drivers or one? This is a single driver. Okay. Tuned to 26 hertz, so if we okay. bring this up a little higher... So let's say we make it 30 hertz, then it resizes the port. And see that? Just a couple of clicks from switching it to 28 to 30 hertz, uh -huh. we have a port that fits in the enclosure. That is good. <laughs> That's yeah, a so, good thing. So now the port is 21 inches mm -hmm. by 7 by 4. Okay. Then uh, if you want to use a port tube, just click on pipe. And it will switch it. And then you can make it arrow. Oh, it's got an arrow. Oh. Okay. And how big of an arrow does it allow? Uh, as big as you want. Okay. So we just made it four, five, five, <laughs> six. I've seen ten. Yeah, it's, I've seen some tens too. I've seen some tens. I've seen the, remember the guy used to make the aluminum uh, ends? Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, and those were 10 inch. Yeah. Well, it let me go to 10, but now it's 50 inches long. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the square inches, baby. Mm -hmm. That's going to okay, be a little so big for your box. So we'll keep it at six. Okay. Vent air velocity is in the green. So now is it deducting that uh, from the. So is this adjusting the box to accommodate yes, the. Okay, so it's or, adjusting. Yes, it is. Adjusting the box so that it accommodates the port also because there's internal volume issues with that. So, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So make sure we keep it happy here. You like happy? Here. So now that we've changed it around, now if you make a change, mm -hmm. it brings up a warning that says, hey, if you want to keep it like this, we might have to change the tuning frequency. So you hit OK. All right. It kept the tuning frequency the same, but it unlocked the total amount of cubic inches that we have inside the enclosure. Right, because we need that. We need more cubic yep. inches to accommodate the port. Exactly. Okay. So now we have enclosure that works. We're at our 36 inches width, 15 inches of height. Mm -hmm. It's 15 inches of depth. We have our arrow port that's 6 by 18.8 inches. So mm -hmm. now we can go to wood design. Now we can, we want to see what the woofer looks like in the enclosure. So we go here to cut a hole. Wants to know what size, so it's going to be a 12-inch hole. Yep. Now this is the best part. This is the part that I like the most. Okay. 
So let me go here and change this because everybody's built an enclosure and you go to load the woofer in and it hits the back or the bottom. Right. Oh, no. Or the port. So now, exactly. <laughs> so now you tell it that the woofer is seven inches deep and you hit place. I want it right in the middle. Then you go ahead and rotate it. Move the side. Now you can see the woofer inside the enclosure. Now you can move the position of the woofer up and down. Okay. So, but I'm not seeing the port in there yet. See that? The woofer came out of the bottom. That's no good. Gotcha. <laughs> That's not good. So uh, Christopher Maynard says, uh, all this before you even cut a piece of wood. This will save exactly. money, time, and fingers, he says. Exactly. This is that, uh, what, uh, measure twice, cut once? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so this is more important in a wedge enclosure? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't place that sub too low on that. I mean, mm -hmm. just just saying, I might know from experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was adding faces to my box just to make the subwoofer fit. <laughs> so there he goes, placing it. It's a wedge box now. He's rotating to see, and then you're going to remove the side panel so you can see inside and whether it hits the bottom or not. So if he rotates up, it, hits. it does hit. Oh, so, you, hit. so you're going to have to raise it. Or you have to bevel out the bottom, right? That's what's exactly. going to become. Yep. There you go. Oh, because you're going onto a CNC, it's going to put the hole in the exact right spot for you. Exactly. Anyway. Cool. So now you click done. It's going to save all that. Now you go to the last tab, which is the fabrication tab at the top. Okay. And there's your cut sheet. <laughs> Calvin says he measured twice and cuts twice. That's not the way you're supposed that's, to do it. That's one way. <laughs> that is, that's a way. That's a way, not yeah. necessarily the right way. <laughs> and so now you can change the thicknesses of the wood from three-quarter to the one-inch, because we have a lot of one-inch out here that I see guys using. Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. And you said you can double the face and everything? Yep. yep. So if you want to double the face, just tell it's inch and a half or two inches. Okay. That looks pretty cool. So it literally gives you a set of blueprints afterwards yep and it gives you the blade angle oh right oh because it oh so it's not doing butt joints it's actually doing um oh no it's doing angled joints yes it's doing angled. Yeah. invert that puppy says calvin says you don't have a problem with uh hitting <laughs> oh, it in the back okay. if you invert that <laughs> just stick it out this out the back of the seat of the car that's fine so that's cool but yeah, so I mean, so with this program and stuff that you're seeing here, um, it, it's it's an opportunity for you to look. So when you're looking to tune a vehicle, can we go back to that real quick? Yes. To the tuning. You were asking about oh, the port. about in the port. Okay, so oh, well, well, since you got it here up and going, let's look at the port with the subwoofer, because now you have your port and your subwoofer in there. So we want to make sure those don't conflict with each other, right? And I'm sure they're going to hit. Oh, I guarantee they're going to hit. Yep, there's a port going through the subwoofer. Oh, he, oh yeah. You, you, say, <laughs> you say mud joints? Jeff's mud joints are spicy. <laughs> yeah, Cal's a special kind of guy with you there, Jeffrey. Mm -hmm. Okay, so but you can move the port down and behind the yep. subwoofer, right? Yep. Can you grab it from this side, or do you have to rotate all the way around? Carlos, can you grab it from this side of the box, or do you have to rotate the box all the way around to move it? Oh, I can move it from oh, okay. this side. Oh, okay. Because it would be nice to try and move it when you can see the... Uh, you can see the subwoofer, so you're gonna want to move it back, also, right? Yep. 
So are you dragging this with your mouse or are you doing it with arrows on the keyboard? Uh, clicking, clicking with arrows on the keyboard. Okay. Can you move it with your mouse or no? Is this uh? No, um, I won't okay. let you do that. Okay. So you're gonna have to move it with your uh with your keyboard. Nope, you don't want to move it back because your sub's on the face, on the angle. So you're gonna have to move it back to the square side. Did so? Does it is it showing two ports in there right now? It's showing the original location because I didn't save it yet. Oh, got you. Mm. So, so essentially, this thing's gonna show you all of your cuts. Gonna show you your um, any conflicts you have. We actually do this in the construction trade all the time. So we we do. It's called uh, pre-construction meetings, and we do fly-throughs and to see if when somebody puts in a pipe, is it gonna conflict with a with a stud in the wall or whatnot? And then then we can move stuff around. And then we GPS locate them on job sites like that. So, um, but we use something very similar to this, which is kind of cool. But I just like how you could just plug it into your CNC machine and it just set it and forget it. Yeah. Yep. What what CNC machine do you have, by the way? I have a Handmaster. Say again. Cam Master. Okay. Uh, I barely use a CNC. I use my laser most of the time. Um, but in the enclosure, I just cut them on my regular table saw. Okay. Oh, you do. You don't. You you don't just export it right to your CNC. No, because they just added that oh, to the software, and I'm still learning it. So by the time I learn it, I could have probably built ten boxes. Got you. <laughs> But once you do learn it, I think it'll save you a lot of time because you just throw a sheet of plywood on there and then go back and pick it up 20 minutes later, you know? Exactly. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. You moved the sub to the other side. Mm -hmm. Put the port down below it. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. All right, so what we're seeing here with the with the box, uh, yeah, why don't you, like I said, can you go back to the um, – the impedance curve and the sure. um, and the response curve. Yep. So is this just the response curve, or is it also an impedance curve? It's also an impedance curve. So the okay, the impedance curve would be the purple line, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, do you mind explaining to people what you're looking for when you see these lines and stuff? Okay. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to catch up live. Okay. All right, so the yellow line here is the amount of power applied. So it or the program automatically puts in whatever the maximum RMS the speaker can handle. Okay. If you want to run more power because you know the speaker can take it, you can increase it. But it shows you once the woofer has reached its mechanical limit and its physical power limit. That's the two red lights that light up on the right-hand side. Okay, cool. So oh, you can okay. overdrive it if you want. It's going to show you the bad things that are going to happen. <laughs> so right, that's handy of course the impedance is going to rise like crazy once you're below the tuning frequency of the port yep so that's why it's important to make sure that your negative 3 db point ends up right around here your uh, what, where do you mean by right about here what are you looking I'm for? Sorry. You want it to land where? When you when you slide you if you click and slide this bar across uh -huh. on the right hand side it's showing you your frequency. Right. And it's showing you SPO. Right. And then it's showing you relative to where your frequency is, it shows you how many dBSP. So right here is your negative three dB point. Okay. So you're at, and what are you um, looking for at your negative three dB point? What do you what do you want to see? Ideally, when when I build enclosures, anything below negative three, I stop counting because the woofer is literally playing half as loud. Right. So any energy below that would be wasted. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I normally tune to 80 hertz, so 80 hertz would be here. 
I'm at zero dB. So I count from here to here my usu usable bandwidth. Okay. From here to here. Okay. And so, so you, you see, um, for people that don't understand, uh, that purple line there, that's the impedance curve. Notice the impedance is at its lowest, uh, and that's a reactive impedance at tuning. So oh, okay. you're going to potentially tuning. get the most power from your amplifier at that tuning point. Which what which is what helps that bump frequency. Yeah, that's what helps bump up the SPL number at that frequency. Exactly. So where the purple line is at its lowest is also where the blue line is at its highest. Correct. And what's the green line again? The green line is relative. So it's relative to the blue line and it just shows you the raise and drop in SPL as you track the blue line. Got you. Okay. So so if People that ask and are curious about the impedance curves, this is what you're looking for. Um, uh, also, the term lab when you run your uh, in your system at a at a show, if they cl if we clamp it, we can tell you what the impedance rise or the in, uh, impedance rise is at the frequency you play. Um, that's one of the features of the term lab. Uh, Christopher, ask again. Um, uh, I might have missed it. But does this app also show you the best amp power for the port tune desire, desired for this application? Yes, that's why you have to look at the vent air velocity when you are in the vent design column. Uh huh. So you can play around with power. And then, as a matter of fact, the vent air velocity shows you how much power is applied. So the screen should switch in a second, and then you'll see that our vent air velocity is a match it's in the green and it's showing that that's done at 1400 watts okay then as so you what, he, what he was talking about was trying to increase the uh, total wattage or is that yes. what he was asking if you increase, oh okay if you increase the power i guess he's asking what happens to there so hmm. now you see we're no longer in the green i increases the 2000 watts we're yeah. now in the yellow so now we're yellow. getting more port noise or huffing mm -hmm. yeah not not as big of an issue when it's in the trunk or a fourth order, but yeah. <laughs> but it is still an issue, you know, if you're a sound quality guy or anything. Um, cool. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate that the and and so really in all reality, how long did it take you to learn how to use this program? A couple hours. And, and mind you, you had been using programs prior to this. Yes. Um, most of them have line graphs like what we're seeing here with the impedance curve and whatnot, uh, but they don't typically have the – well, the, most of them have port velocity too. The problem is with some of the other ones I've used is you got to constantly change numbers and you can never lock anything in. So, um, so. Most tedious part about this is uh -huh. most of the drivers you're going to use are not in the driver library, so when you have to add a woofer – Okay. A lot of these companies leave out this, uh, some of the specs, and that pisses yeah, me do. off. <laughs> so we'll go to add drivers. What's nice about this program is a lot of people aren't going to know what numbers are important, what numbers aren't. Okay. All the numbers that are in green are required. The pro These are the minimum, minimum numbers that the program needs to work. Okay. So if you fill out the numbers in green, it's going to get you going. It's going to give you really – it's going to be pretty accurate. Now, if you want it to be super, super accurate – because these numbers are easy to find. So resonant frequency, X max, number of coils on the woofer, QTS, the rated uh, sensitivity numbers, mm -hmm. um, VAS, diameter of the woofer, and RMS power. Those are pretty easy. All the paperwork's going to show that. These numbers might not be on the paperwork. These numbers you might have to call in. LE, BL, uh, QES, QMS. If you if you fill you're never gonna find a woofer that's gonna give you all these numbers. I don't know why, but I guess I have mine used to. But the, so, so so but some of those numbers are very specific to that exact driver though too. So yeah. that's why I know a lot of companies don't put it out there because um, just because that driver was made the same day with the same parts doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly those numbers are gonna match up exactly. And, yes. and those, uh, I actually had a Linear X uh, that we would run um, in a one cubic foot box. I'd run my drivers in that. 
and pull up those numbers for each one and send it out. So um, you would actually get that back when I had my company going for subwoofers. Um, and each one would be very specific to each driver. Yep. So. Um, but the more numbers you can fill in, the more accurate it'll be. Absolutely. And then there's there's certain stuff that just common sense. Like if you tell it how deep the woofer is, it won't let you build an enclosure. So if you have a 7-inch woofer in depth, it won't let you build an enclosure at 6 inches deep because it knows what, if you don't give it that information, it doesn't know. So then your cut sheets are going to be off because you didn't fill in all the information. Ooh. So depth of the woofer, it'll it'll run the numbers for you. But if you don't fill this in down here, there's a chance you could make a mistake and then your woofer won't fit in your enclosure even though the enclosure is the right amount of space for the woofer and the port is correct. Gotcha. And, and just so people... Rock- just so people know, also, uh, Wayne Harris, it doesn't charge anything. All you have to do is send him your information, and he'll upload it to the database So for manufacturers. Um, you know, if you're a one-off or two-off subwoofer company, you can absolutely just send it to Wayne Harris, and he'll upload it. To, he's trying to grow the database as much as strong as he can. So, For a subwoofer company, it would be great promotion for them. Because yep. if the information's in the database and somebody's scrolling through the software and starts modeling enclosures with this woofer they've never heard of, and the mm-hmm. numbers come out amazing, that's yep. an easy sell for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, go back to your regular screen, sir. Got it. And then, uh, let's see here. Uh, does this app also let you verify the port tune frequency? Which yes, yes, it does. So I, I we seen that on there. That's really cool. Um, so why don't you tell us about your 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 most favorite build you got going on or that you've done so far? Because I, I you know you really specialize in bikes nowadays. So why don't you tell us mm-hmm. about that? Uh well, we have Chris's bike in here and Mr. Wonderful's bike in here. It's one of our competition bikes. We like uh, really quick. Uh, Dave Bork. The program we're talking about is the Term Pro. Um, box building software so all right go ahead sorry about that sir no problem uh, mr wonderful's bikes in here now uh it's a competition bike that we built when we build stuff we actually try and do more with less so we like building four six and eight speaker bikes we like the lower power classes because you have to be more creative you have to make sure that you're getting all the power from the amplifiers you have to make sure that you're using your batteries efficiently so we do really well in the lower power classes because we use software like this, so we'll make sure that the bags are ported right, and we make sure it's the right port, and we make sure that everything matches. And then another thing that people don't understand, I can build the best bike possible. It's also the owner of the bike's responsibility to run the bike properly. So Chris <laughs> has been studying. Chris isn't even in the industry. Chris is an MECP master certified. So he loves audio that much that he went and got certified past his basic advanced and his masters he doesn't do this really he's in it he works with computers all day long um, okay. he's got a really really good ear he understands acoustics he understands the physical limits of the equipment on his bike so he does well in competitions so building it is only one half you have to learn how to run it in order to run it you have to understand the physics behind it it's 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 fun but it's a lot of math people don't realize like we build dependable, reliable, repeatable bikes because we do the math and it just all makes sense. So on his bike, we're running uh, two lithium batteries, which allows us to run right around 8,000 watts RMS. We have a 5,000 running a pair of mid-base drivers in a set of uh, ported bags that are not sealed, but they are reinforced. We have a set of 8-inch mid-base drivers and a custom tour pack in the back running 1,600 watts RMS. And then we have a set of 8s in the front running around 1200 watts rms so um it's a lot of power it's only six speakers the bike sounds really really good uh mr wonderful says uh that four speaker speaker victory uh i'm scared <laughs> of that bike <laughs> he's talking about one of my personal bikes oh i set out to prove the point <laughs> okay and, uh, the bike has stock bags on it we're running less than <clears> half <throat> a cubic foot per bag the bike plays mid 50s as far as uh, tuning frequency of the port, but um, we're running about 8,000 watts RMS on a set of mid-base drivers, uh-huh. and it 8, sounds really, 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 well, with the box rise, you're not seeing anywhere near 8,000 yeah, watts, right. but uh, 
it's yeah, especially when you get a box that small, it's not it's yes. gonna it's gonna go mm. through the roof. But your cue, you're just if you can cue turn tune the cue to around seven, it's gonna mm -hmm. sound really good. So. We're knocking shit off the walls in the shop. There you <laughs> go. It, it's a four speaker bike that competes <clears throat> in an eight speaker class, and I've never gotten run over. Mm. Uh, but it's 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 math. It's just math. Yeah, I love it's math, math, dude. Uh, so Calvin says Jeff's favorite build is me, not my car, me. What? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of build is that, Cal? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little elaborate. Elaborate there. Um, all right. So, uh, so what kind of so? So we're not familiar with uh, stereo competitions with bikes. So how do those motorcycles. run? Yeah, with motorcycles. Uh, with motorcycles, it's um, they normally have a three judge panel, and they judge on overall balance of sound. Um, of course, if like you don't SQ? have bass. Yes, okay. it's not really S. I'd call it SQL. Okay. SQL. It's uh, the bikes are judged on overall balance, staging, <laughs> but of course, if you don't have bass, nobody cares because to get the crowd into it, the bike has to. It's got to be balanced, but it's got to have a good amount of bass. So if you cannot, bass is obviously the hardest thing to do on a bike because you don't have a solid subwoofer enclosure. You're limited to. And your, your uh, subwoofers are deep if you want a big, strong, powerful one. Yeah. Those yeah. Are all and in the lower classes, you're not allowed to run subwoofers. Oh, really? Mid-bass drivers. Um, Calvin wants to chime in here. Uh, he ain't going to lie. It's pretty messed up. That's what he says. The build that you did at him. <laughs> it ain't pretty. I'd like to see him get on a motorcycle with the, with the system on there. and the, the, I, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Borg uh, asked, uh, does this program graph against open air or specific size Rooms that users mm. adjust that's user adjustable. No, because no, because it's it's based only on the box, right? So yeah. it's the potential performance of that box. Um, because with a room, or with open air, isn't you don't get any kind of coupling of the sound, right? So you isn't can. Isn't REW the only program that does? I I've never heard of REW, so I don't know that's what that cool. is. It's the only program I know that does lets you. Put in the size of the room and really only yes oh that's cool um jeffrey fernando <laughs> is pear shaped to build <laughs> yeah he says he needs a trike a bike ain't gonna be big enough for him and we got we got two trikes in here now <laughs> um oh yeah that's kind of cool yeah it is so with the um with the uh installations so they're obviously in the bags right is there like a, and the a specific the, in the what? Up in the top that oh, right, the windshield right. thing that comes around? Yeah. Where would the uh, where would you put the uh, the woofer and how would you uh, where would you face it? Um, in um in bikes they face the rear wheel. So it uses wheel. Okay. Yes. So it's sort of like when you do um when you do an isobaric enclosure in a car and mount the woofer in the tr uh, trunk on uh, the trunk floor. It's basically mm -hmm. the same thing. One woofer on each side, facing each other. Um, they load off each other under the rear fender, and it's the only way you're able to produce really good bass uh, in a bike. But just like a car, you have to reinforce the bags because the factory bags are quarter-inch plastic. Yeah. So oh, we end up yeah. fiberglassing, dowel pins, um, all kinds of creative stuff. Um, they actually make aftermarket competition saddlebags. Like there's saddlebags out there that have two cubic feet of airspace. Wow. Like. Yeah, these guys take competition seriously. Uh, Mr. Wonderful asked, is this app available to anyone or just shop owners? Anyone. Yep. It, all you have to do is have the term lab, and uh, you can also, you know, uh, once you have the term lab unit itself. Oh, no, because you can buy the software separate, right? Yes. Yep. So you I don't have to have the term lab. I had the software way before I had the, yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Calvin. Uh he says mucho love y'all gotta run mm. carlos thanks for the knowledge brother y'all have a good one and have a straight trip home el jefe thank you so um all right cool uh like i said i think this is a lot of good information um some of the people are, may have to go watch this back again just because there may be nuances that you didn't catch i was trying to help you guys through it uh some of the stuff that he was showing but there are nuances to it 
that once you start playing with the program, you'll start seeing the nuances that you didn't catch during this. This is a general overview of just a box building program, but the key factors are here. Anybody can purchase it. You can run it on your computer, and it gives you the opportunity to design a box, find out what the port velocity is. You can uh, place the subwoofer. You can place the um, port. You can find all that stuff out. Find out what your impedance uh, rise or drop is going to be. You can find out what your um, potential SPL is coming off of that box, so you can see your um your frequency ranges that you're going to produce and it actually literally will print out a cut sheet for you full set of plans so that you can just you know go down and you can build the box with all the parts you ready to also, go you know you can also check your enclosure that you currently have let's say somebody built uh -huh. an enclosure for you and uh -huh. you're not sure if it's right you could literally measure your enclosure type it in measure your port remove the woofer measure the port on the inside type it in and then run the numbers and see if it's right. So if your builder mm -hmm. promised you X, Y, Z, you can actually reverse engineer it and make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, Dave Bork asks, uh, will it model an eighth order bandpass? Let's see. He's going to check <laughs> right now. Let's, let's give it a shot. <laughs> what would an eighth order bandpass be? That's what I was going to ask. That, that's, uh, so if like, you read the Speaker Builder's cookbook, that's a made-up thing. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it is because uh, they stop at sixth order because a sixth order is two chambers ported, right? Ported, right. Ported so, two figures. Yeah, so okay. I don't know what an well, eighth order would be. We have three chambers ported on the screen now. Um, that would be an ABC box, right? So what do they consider that? It doesn't show you the names. It just shows you a picture. Oh, okay. See it? Upper left-hand corner? Yep. Uh, Dave here says it's series six into a third. So he that would be... The explanation of an eighth-order band pass boxes. So that's almost kind of what you had there with the three ports. We called those ABC boxes, and then there's also um, servo tune. There's, uh, you know, where you can tune in between and third all kinds chamber. of stuff. Oh, third chamber. Yes. Um, all right. All right, let's get back over to the regular screen there, sir. And then, uh, Jeffrey, why don't you hit him with the question? We're about out of time on this thing here. Sure. Uh, all right, Carlos, it's a question that uh, we ask uh, all of our guests. Um, basically, we want to know what your definition of a base head is. My definition of a base head would be two of my employees, Leo ah, okay. and Kyle, where they build the enclosure first, and the enclosure is the only thing that matters, and they have about <laughs> six times more base than you would need to to make the system sound nice and balanced. <laughs> that is my definition of a base head. I like bass. I like about double the amount of normal bass. These guys like about four to six times. Oh, that is oh. normal bass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Kyle's That's nickname pretty much shop a is typical, plus yeah. 12 dB. <laughs> well, that's Minimum, where you got to start. Yeah, I was gonna say, you got to start Minimum. somewhere. <laughs> 12, 12 dB is a good number to start with. Nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, Carlos, where do people find out about you, see your shop, that kind of stuff? Uh, you can check out our website, nvsaudio.com. We do pretty good on Instagram and Facebook. It's just simply NVS Audio on Facebook, NVS, NVS Audio on Instagram, and NVS Audio on YouTube. Okay. Um, Did we uh, find out uh, exactly where, uh, where the location is, where your shops are? We are in Roselle, New Jersey, and Linden, New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. Uh, so my grandmother passed away recently, but I still have a lot oh. of family, and they live in uh, Lakewood, New Jersey. How close are you to that? Lakewood, 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So I probably drove through your town on the way to go see them from Philly, right? So. Probably did, yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know what? Um, for those people that say we're running out of area, drive through New Jersey. For, there's all kinds <laughs> of land in New Jersey that nobody's living on. <laughs> All over the place, dude. I've driven across Kansas, 
in more freaking dense places than some of the parts of New Jersey I drove through. Just yeah. saying. So did the did the people that were asking you that were they in California? Because I can kind of see why. Uh, asking what? Were they were they asking about uh, space open the spaces? Oh no no no! Just 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 a, a knowledge. Just, just in general. Yeah, just just a. Um, Something I really noticed when I drove through New Jersey, um, I hadn't been there since I was 12 years old, and then I went back mm -hmm. when my grandmother passed last year. And um, mm -hmm. so, you know, it's been, what, 40 years since I was there. So um, I didn't realize how much space there actually was in New Jersey. I thought it was, in, in my mind, um, it was all like New York City, right? Yeah. Uh, because it's east back coast. east, east coast, yeah. houses are stacked right next to each other, brownstones, that kind of thing. You know, um, somebody might have a yard, but at best, it's like a like we have out here with the track homes, right? Like that was the best case scenario. Um, but no, dude, there was land everywhere. I mean, dude, you could have gone hunting in some of the spots that I saw out there. <laughs> uh, now we know it's uh, it's an area that has a lot of uh, motorcycles enthusiasts that, uh, mm -hmm. that have systems in it so yeah it's uh, making uh, Carlos here uh, a good living yep it definitely uh, is. mr. wonderful <laughs> says if you're in the Philly area come on up to Jersey the 16th to experience a motorcycle sound show ah okay cool um, Jeffrey what you got going on sir let's talk about you real quick uh, man I'm gonna kind of rest up from uh, this past <laughs> weekend and uh, uh, luckily, we don't uh, have another show. I don't have another show um, till April 23rd. It's going to be in Grapevine, Texas at Crossfire Headquarters. Um, we got uh, another triple point event going on, uh, <laughs> sponsored by uh, – uh, we got uh, Crossfire, and then we have a kind of an unnamed sponsor for uh, for the moment. But Unnamed. Uh, yeah, so it's <laughs> – well, there's, there's subtle hints on oh, the yeah. flyer, which, which uh, you know – Andy was, uh, you know, really uh, smart in kind of incorporating that in a lot of the flyers and uh, the trophy uh, designs and stuff like that. So, but uh, he just wants to remain nameless, but he wants to know that, uh, you know, he's all for the Basehead community. He's not taking any recognition for it. You know, he's just, cool. you know, an, an everyday guy just wanting to see base competition. So uh, he's, he's the guy that's uh, putting in on these uh, events in uh, Grapevine, Texas making a triple point event. So that's going on uh, Sunday, April 23rd. Check out bbdragracing.com on the calendar for uh, for all that info. Yep. And then uh, we have April 8th up here at Mellow's Auto Repair. That's this coming Saturday. Um, we're going to be doing the a wedding renewal for Team Send It Janet and Team Send It uh, Sean. So if you guys are in that area, come out, uh, you know, tell them, you know, hey, support them. Uh, they, they come to a lot of the shows out here. So, you know, support the people. Uh, let's let's really show, you know, let's show the love for the Basehead community. They want to share this with you guys. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they don't have to do it out in public. You know, they don't even have to. But they want the Basehead community to be part of them renewing their vows, which is an awesome thing, in my opinion. Um, we'll be doing uh, show starts at 6 p.m. We'll do the renewal at 8 p.m. right before we go to brackets, and then we'll go from there. That will be a 3X event upgraded by um, Team Send It, upgraded it to a 2X, and then Moses Martinez cool. updated it to a 3X. So uh, so what what, uh, what exactly is your role going to be in the uh, renewal of vows? Are you kind of like the best I'm gonna man? I'm going to officiate it. No, I'm going to officiate it. What does that entail? What does that uh, ladies and gentlemen, exactly? we are gathered here today to witness ah, this man oh, and this MC. woman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, okay, I, I thought you were going to be like a best man type no. thing. You're gonna no, 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 no. Like I'm going to be like the pastor. <laughs> ah, I got you. You should put that down on your business card too. Uh, pastor. You know, <laughs> able to uh, renew vows. Renew vows. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With the SPL competition. <laughs> Included in your DB drag. In my uh, DB drag <laughs> and my trophy shop and my t-shirt shop and exactly. uh, construction superintendent. Besides for all that stuff, just add it on. Um, so all if right. you guys are watching, listening, uh, Doug's taking bookings. Yep. And then we obviously <laughs> we obviously have uh, Autorama, the 29th and 30th. That's Saturday, Sunday at Sacramento Cal Expo. Freaking awesome show to be part of if you guys are anywhere on the west coast you need to come to this show they gate 30,000 people 
and they put a, and they put us right at the front gate and they got to walk by you and check out your stuff. So if you have uh, want to show off your system, want to demo out for people, come on out to Autorama. Uh, that will be the 29th and 30th. Salise uh, was working on the flyer. We'll get that going. That'll be a 2x on Saturday and a 3x on Sunday, which is super important because if you're going to go to World Finals, you need points. Um, mm. All right, guys. Well, thank you for being part of the show today. We did uh, went into time like we normally do. This has uh, worked out really well. Carlos, awesome information. Thank you for your help, yes. sir. I think you did a great job on this thing. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, we appreciate you being here, sir. Um, remember, anytime you get an opportunity to support people, support the people that support the things you like to do. Crossfire Car Audios and Puns Customs, two of the supporters of this podcast. Um, if you get an opportunity, please patronize those people to show them that you support uh, them for supporting the car audio industry. All right, guys, uh, we are going to get out of here. I got to go take some old people's money again tonight, hopefully. So I'm going to go beat up on some old folks, get me some, uh, what are they called, the uh, um, Social Security checks. Yeah, just sign oh, them over no. to me. Let's just sign them over to me. Um, <laughs> but we'll see you guys next week at 5.30 p.m. California time, the only time that matters on This Week in Car Audio. We out. Whoa, whoa.